getting you up and getting your sports day started. I mean, I could wear a good-looking suit and I could speak eloquently for it on his behalf. This is the Morning Drive Podcast. And then you'll take your uh, remote and you'll push the button. Okay. And then magically the game will appear. Mm. From Double T 97.3. I'm about five minutes or so behind today. Maybe maybe ten. Oh, so, yeah? So if I'm... If I'm if I'm a little more off than usual, there's, I, I don't know why, I'm just, my motor's just running about 10 minutes behind today. Okay? So okay. Just, just, well. I'm just, I gotta get, I gotta get caught up and I'm gonna Good luck. <laughs> try to do that throughout the morning on, on your time. Okay? With me. All right. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll try to get it figured out for <laughs> we'll you. Try to get that figured out. Uh, still more news about the Pac-12 uh, eventual collapse. Big Ten considering further expansion. Big 12 interest looms. That's the headline from this CBS Sports article. Okay. So mm-hmm. the uh, Big Ten apparently is uh, pursuing California, Oregon, Oregon, depending on how you pronounce it, Stanford, and uh, Washington. Okay. The, the thing that they're they're doing though is kevin warren who's the big 10 commissioner is looking for money from amazon as a way to justify this okay or potentially another partner for additional big 10 football media rights okay um this article written by dennis dodd the uh, number is figured is believed to be less than 100 million dollars annually uh in that likelihood um, if if the Big 12 is able to get some kind of combination of Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, then that would leave Oregon State and Washington State looking for some looking for a home. Okay. So if that happens, um, the one source is being quoted as saying, if that Big Ten move happens, I think the other four Pac-12 schools will want to jump to the Big 12. You would think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, I. it's funny because if I were the Big Ten, I guess those are the four I would take. I don't know about California. That's the only one that I was like, but maybe that's better. That's better than maybe Colorado or Utah because then that would be some natural travel partners for Stanford and Washington and USC and UCLA if you had Cal in there as well. For the Big Twelve? No, for the Big Ten. For the Big Ten. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like they've they would fit there better than they would in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Um I, I was just thinking, would you rather have California or Utah is what really kind of what I was in the Big Twelve? No, in the Big Ten. Okay. All right. That's what I was thinking. It's like mm-hmm. you know, that's they're they're tank they're taking California because and that and that would kind of help the California legislature and you know, their board of regents that have <clears throat> written written a letter you know basically saying please don't take us you know please don't take ucla away from us but it's it's going to happen i mean it's already happened i mean they've got the moving vans there do you think they did it in uh 80s r&b style like with the uh harmonics and everything or do you think they just sent a nice little letter well i think it was a letter on big see that's where they messed up they should have sent a song on pac-12 letterhead i'm confused 80s, all the uh, 80s songs, you know, please don't go and, you know, don't take over. She's, you know, all the all of that for the 80s late hip hop. That would have gotten the job done. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, I enjoy 80s hip-hop way more than I do a letter. And if I was to go to my mailbox today and I opened it up and there were two options, a letter or, you know, I just started jamming Singing 80s hip-hop, I think well, I would enjoy my mailbox more that way. Now, wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be something if you could just have a chip that you could just pay your bills right there at the mailbox? That'd be cool. You know? Or maybe if the maybe if we just eliminated the US Postal Service and why, would, why are we not doing that? Well, just there nobody opens their mail anyway, so just why are we delivering it? We open our mail. Do you? Okay. Of course you do. Yeah, you're the lens. Well, <laughs> we why would you open the mail? <clears throat> we open our mail too. I was just trying to be sarcastic. I mean, don't you have to get your bills out to pay them? Or? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. Uh, somebody says this with regard to the uh, 11 a.m. kickoff thing that I spent five minutes on. Boy, that's a whole lot to say that the coach got to pick the game time. You must be new here because, with you know, word economy is not something I really excel at. Plus, it is a three-hour show. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a three, it's a three-hour program. Three-hour tour. Paul a sa- three-hour. Paul says this is the. We're rubbing off on you because now you're in the Gilligan's Island mode. <laughs> wow, I'm I'm concerned for you, Jamie. Uh, Paul says this is the news reporting we like. Thank you. Yeah, we're here. We're we're here. Uh, Bullfighter says R.I.P. Coolio. How about that? Coolio dead at fifty-nine. Coolio passed away last night? Uh, yeah. Well, yesterday. Oh, man. Yesterday? Oh, that's yeah. too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the... Uh, Natural causes or... Yeah, 59. I don't... I don't... They found... Well, I mean, did I don't, he... I guess... I don't know. I don't... It doesn't sound like it. I mean, nobody shot him. Okay. Okay. I mean, I was wondering, did, did he have a heart attack or did he... Uh, they have not released the sometimes uh, young people circumstances yet. Okay. Yeah, just that he had passed away. Autopsy and toxicological tests will be used to determine an official cause of death. But uh, law enforcement did tell TMZ, your trusted news source, no drugs or drug paraphernalia were found at the scene. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay. Apparently, there was a medical emergency. They were called to his house, and uh, it pronounced uh, Coolio dead at the scene. Okay. Went to the bathroom, didn't come out. And they found him laying on the floor. So that's too bad. That is too bad. So no more Coolio. 6.30, well, his songs will still be there. I mean, they're not going to erase his songs or anything like that, but there won't be any new ones. Coolio. (laughs) There will not be any new ones. You see, you say that. There's still a new album from Tupac, I feel like, every other year. (laughs) Yeah, maybe somebody will have something recorded from coolio that now now that he's uh, deceased they'll pass that uh pass that along to him i saw this and we don't talk a whole lot of nba on purpose but this just cried so 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 much ridiculousness that it just it caught my attention the headline i thought was really cool john morant says he will gift his grizzlies teammates rolex watches with new nba contract okay he is uh, in his fourth year in the NBA, he signed a record-breaking contract extension this offseason. He said one of his goals with the uh, with the new money is to buy Rolex watches. His deal is five years, 193 million, could be 231 million if he makes an All NBA team. He's going to buy his teammate watches. Uh, he was asked when. He said, 
this. This is where it gets ridiculous. It's just a matter of time. My bread got to kick in first. I'm still broke next year when I get my money. <laughs> it's not like they're paying him chicken squat this year. Yeah. And what do you got? 12 guys on the team, 15 guys on the team. Rolex watch. I don't know. I've never priced them, but my guess is around 1000 bucks a piece probably. You can get good ones even probably for more than that. Really good ones. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. probably five well, grand a piece or whatever. Probably. You yeah. know? Yeah. But um, it's the same Mr. Morant that was very vocal to disband all law, law enforcement. Yeah, forgive me if I care very little yeah. and if he's buying people watches or not. No, I know. I just thought it was... I just yeah. thought it was the, the, just the, the, Once the, you say something like that, you're just pretty much... Any, anything else that comes out of your mouth, who cares? Yeah. My bread got to kick in first. I'm still broke. No, you're not. You're not broke. Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Time for this day in sports history. Today is the 29th day of September. Remember, there's only 30 days in September, along with April, June, and November. Okay. Okay. We've already had April. We've already had June. We've got September tomorrow, and then we've got November the month after next. Here's Jeff McGuire with this day in sports history. 1914. <laughs> Boston Braves, who were the in last place in the middle of July, clinch the NL pennant. Wow. 1920, Yankee slugger Babe Ruth sets the then Major League home run season record of 54 with a ninth inning shot off Dave Keefe in New York's 7-3 win over the Philadelphia A's. Keefe. That long ago, 54 was the record. Yes. It's 54, still an amazing feat. You know, 50, if you have 50 home runs in a season, I mean, you're, you had a great, amazing year. That's pretty crazy. Babe was doing it that long ago. Seven years later, in 1927, Babe Ruth ties the Major League record by hitting grand slams in consecutive games in New York's 7-4 win against the Philadelphia A's and then a 15-4 rout of the Washington Senators. 1947, former Yankee manager Joe McCarthy signs a to manage the Boston Red Sox. And he was forever banished from New York. <laughs> 1954, Willie Mays' famous over-the-shoulder catch of Vic Hurt's 460-foot drive during Game 1 of the World Series. You know what's, what's crazy is when you see the, the film of that, you see all the people in the stands wearing short sleeve white shirts and, black t and ties <laughs> that were at the ballgame. It's littered with them. See, what I think about that is the 460-foot drive would have been out of every Major League Baseball park right. today. And it's not a home run. <laughs> and right it's not yet. a home run there. That's right. Barely got it, to the warning track. It would be one of those that you look up and don't even move. 460-foot home mm -hmm. runs today. That's a good point. 1963, Cardinals celebrate Stan Musial Day in St. Louis. It's his final game where he hits his 3,629th and 30th total hits. One of them went yard for 475. 1966, Sandy Koufax did Sandy Koufax things. Pitched his third 300 strikeout season. 
1969, Steve O'Neill of the New York Jets put his boot into it. Kicks an NFL punt for the longest NFL punt ever. 98 yards versus the Denver Broncos. Getting after it. 1976, Tommy Lasorda replaces Walter Allison as the Los Angeles Dodgers manager. That went well. Yeah, Walter Alston had like his his deal was always one years. He had one year. He had like twenty five one year contracts. It's odd. I know. It was, that's just the way that the Dodgers did it. Yeah. Every it, he, he worked on a one year deal every year, and at the end of the year they would renew him. Okay. I guess that keeps you from getting too comfortable. Does, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> 1986, the Chicago Cubs' Greg Maddox defeats Phillies pitcher Mike Maddox. First time two rookie brothers face each other in Major League Baseball. Rookies? They both were rookies at the same time. That's, a, that's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. 1987, Don Mattingly hits his record sixth Grand Slam of the season. There are guys that don't have six Grand Slams in their career. Mm-hmm. 1994, the first phase of the OJ murder trial jury selection ends. 304 are chosen. Mm. What? Who did you leave out at that point? You and I. <laughs> Apparently. And in 2005, the Chicago White Sox clinched their first division title since 2000 and become just the 10th team in the history of baseball to be in first place on every day of the season. They would go on to win the World Series. Wow, that's a great little tidbit there. Everybody forgets about my team that year. It is National Coffee Day and National Mocha Day. So, coffee and chocolate coffee. Yeah. Happy birthday to Kevin Durant, who's 34. Zachary Levi, 42. Calvin Johnson, 37. Andrew Dice Clay, 65. John Paxton, 62. Oh, man. One of my favorites. Brian Gumbel, 74. Steve Busby, 73. Hmm. And if you collected baseball cards in the late 80s, early 90s, you'll remember this name very well. Rob Deere, 62. I think I had 100 of his because cards. Because every one of his cards, yeah. And on this day in 1982, flight attendant Paula Prince buys a bottle of cyanide-laced Tylenol. He, uh, she was found dead on October 1st, mm. becoming the final victim of the mysterious ailment in Chicago, Illinois. Over the previous few days, six other people had died of the unknown cause in northwest Chicago. The serial killer was never caught. However, it would lead to the new tamper-proof medicine containers. So the next time you can't open up your bottle of medicine, you know there's no cyanide in it. Right. It's good. And that. That's good. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. It's this day in sports history. 651 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thanks for that, Mr. McGuire. And thanks for the uh, Willie Mays catch on this day in history. And that was a World Series game. And we were not even to uh, October yet. Yeah. And you said it was game one. Still. Still has to go down as... Probably the greatest catch in World Series that's, history. Th that's what some say. Yep. That's, how, that's, that's, that's how what some... could you argue it? Yeah, no, I agree. 
I running agree. away from the hit, catches it over his shoulder, and then immediately stands up and throws it in to make sure the runner can't advance. It, the runner on second base um, was Larry Dolby, who was the second black player uh, in the history of baseball and the first in the American League. Larry Doby was also the second black manager in baseball because he went mm-hmm. to the Cleveland Indians. But the thought was that, is that he, if he had tagged up when the catch was made, he would have been able to get to third. But because of the fact that he didn't, um, he was uh, it was he had to he had to scramble to get back back to second yeah, yeah. and probably the right play there is to be halfway mm-hmm. probably just because you don't expect that amazing of a catch and once it drops you want to be able to score and if you're on with your foot on the base you're probably not going to score probably yeah but to answer your question Jeff I mean there's been better catches in the history of baseball and just not in a World Series Right, game. That, that's my point. Yeah, I mean, you take Jim Edmonds go running away from home plate and diving and making that catch, that's a better catch. Or the one for the Rangers, um, Matthews Jr., you know. Up over the wall. Up over the wall with his back to the infield. Mm-hmm. Those were better catches, in my opinion, than Willie Mays. Just neither one of them happened in the World Series. There's uh, there was one in the in the seventies. I think it was seventy. It was either seventy three or seventy four. Joe Rudy catches one, um, in the left field wall in the uh, Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. It was a day game, and the and it was just the the, the catch and the moment of it was spectacular mm-hmm. in left field. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly, um, I thought you know. Jeffrey Mayer's catch in the postseason was pretty dang good, too. <laughs> Come on, Tony Tarasco, make a play. Uh, the pitcher that day for uh, for uh, the Giants was uh, Don Little. And supposedly, after the Mays catch, Leo DeRocha takes him out. Uh, and uh, the, the next guy that comes in is a guy named Marv Grissom. The only thing that matters there is supposedly Little said to Grissom, I got my man out. <laughs> well, I got my man. <laughs> yeah, thanks to Willie Mays. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's see here. The months of the year with Chuck Hines. Thanks for the refresher, Chief. You're welcome. Uh, this, good morning, guys. Hey, Chuck, do you talk to yourself in the grocery store? I do. Make sure I'm checking off everything that I'm supposed to get. Uh, this, Lord, the things that come out of his mouth. SMH, shaking my head. Okay. But, you know, it, we're making Could have been of any of the three of us that he yeah, was talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, good Rolex is 25K, not 1K. Okay. Thank wow. you for that. Maybe, maybe other parts of the country, a uh, knockoff would be less. Uh, somebody <laughs> said you're short on the Rolex cost. <laughs> so anyway uh, somebody wants to know will it be a sellout in Manhattan Saturday yes I I believe so getting you up and getting your sports day started that's me man wow highly you know impressive (laughs) this is the morning drive podcast I'm like the luckiest man on the face of the earth because your kids don't want moms my my, my oldest is a senior and I think we I think we made it through without paying for a single mom wasn't the guy supposed to pay for the mom oh I don't know from double T 97.3 Jamie Lent, Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Nice to have you with us. We will have Red Raider football with Joey McGuire tonight at 6. 
Then the Rangers and Seattle will conclude their series uh, tonight. Uh, that'll be at 8 o'clock. Rangers then will move on to the Big A and Anaheim to take on the Los Angeles Angels over the weekend. We'll have Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. All three games on Double T 97.3. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line, and you can participate too. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. And chat away. Uh, Bullfighter says this. <clears throat> chat line coaches just turned into chat line mechanics. A number of uh, people suggesting uh, things to help Jamie with his lawnmower. I appreciate everybody's help. Yeah. A lot of good suggestions there, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that's valuable for me. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to give up yet. So uh, somebody take wants- this computer here home with me and yeah. <laughs> i'll be out in the backyard trying to figure it out this afternoon after i get some tennis in i mean there are priorities might be flooded uh clean that air filter uh, mm-hmm. uh some and then somebody has a sports question here does tech win this weekend i think so got in the middle of <laughs> got right there in the middle of the lawnmower fixer questions pour the gasoline out up and let some drain out uh, could be bad gas you have a concrete alley, so you can't just pour it in your alley. Correct. Yeah, that's that's I unfortunate. I think even if you don't have a concrete mm-hmm. alley, you, I don't think you're supposed to just dump gas yeah, out it's anywhere. Only, it's only about a, a gallon or so. It's not a, not, it's not a big problem. <laughs> Eventually goes away. A little bit of a smell for a period of time, but it's from what I understand. From what I understand. Uh, Clay says this. Allegedly. 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 From uh, offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches to lawnmower mechanics. Talented bunch. Yes. No doubt. Yes. All right. Um, Coach McGuire, he'll be on the air tonight. I don't know that he'll be asked these questions. Um, and it takes a special person to ask these kind of questions, Jamie. But I am I am here to help. Okay. Does it? Because uh, sometimes I'm just curious. And I think I th- usually I'm the guy. Whether it's like, it could be a seminar on something. It could be, um, you know, when the kids were in school and, and there was a question with regard to, you know, the grading scale or how things were done. And, you know, all the minds are wandering and nobody wants to be the person to ask the question. And, you know, I've, I've been known to not have any shame in asking a question. Um, and so I'll, I like to ask those questions that, Everybody wants to know the answer on, but nobody wants to be the person that asked that question. Okay? I'm going to let you believe that. Okay. So, you know, Coach McGuire, they went for it eight times on fourth down. They were successful six out of eight times. And I, I think it's pretty obvious who's making that decision. But I wanted to know about that decision and how that's made. And so here's Coach McGuire on who decides to go for it on fourth down for the Red Raiders. Now, I have the last say, uh, it's a decision by committee, um, but we know going into every single drive where we're at. Like there's a, I mean, literally it starts out, hey, here's the magic number. And so we know before we ever start that drive, and then it changes after every first down, you know. And, and of course, once you get to the 50 and past the 50, then it gets a lot more aggressive. Um, and all that takes into account, like how much time's left in the game, where you're at in the game, what's the score in the game. And so you're really talking through the situations as the, I mean, as soon as Kitley's sitting there, he knows wherever the ball, he he starts that drive that he knows the first magic number and then it goes from there. And and I think that that's the thing that I found the most interesting is that they're thinking about that 
or, or at least have that in their mind almost from the be- from the very beginning, from first down on, of what they need to do if they're going to go for it. And then once you get to the 50, you're even more aggressive, uh, as we saw on Saturday when they went for it on fourth and three at the 50. Yeah, depending where you are on the field, you're going to change that. Meaning if you're in your own end, it better be fourth and inches. But if it's, you know, at the opponent's 20, then fourth and four is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So then here's kind of the oddball question that I asked the other day, because I was just curious about this and I've been curious about this and I was kind of saving it for a rainy day. And it just, it seemed like Monday seemed like a good day to ask this question. And I didn't really get the answer that I was looking for, but we'll, we'll see what you think. So I asked like when he's watching a game at home, like live TV game, does he kind of look at that from how he would handle those situations and does that help him because you can see those coaches thinking on the sideline and how quickly the clock goes by we at home you know we're not under the pressure of trying to win or lose a ball game and you know we're making these decisions left and right and i just kind of wondered just does he does he think about that what he would do in those situations and use that kind of as a as a means to kind of just think about his craft a little bit. And here's Coach McGuire on that. Yeah, you know, I've always tried to uh, learn from, you know, the best guys and the way they do things. I think that's big. Um, you know, I, I think the one thing that, I mean, it's happening in all sports. You know, baseball is probably the first, of course, because it's such a number-driven sport. But, you know, the one thing of uh, – I, I thought the uh, commentators did a great job uh, on Saturday after I watched it back, you know, I watched it Saturday night at about one o'clock in the morning. And, and so I guess it was Sunday morning, um, you know, of understanding. I, I think a lot of times people are still in the past and have not uh, studied what's going on in the game right now. So they're critical, uh, but they don't understand the decision making that's happening in the time, and which is fine. I mean, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. You have a philosophy and you stick with it, and you know, you're that's everybody in that locker room is what matters. They believe in your philosophy, but I think it's it's uh, really good, um, you know, as we go through this that commentators understand too, you know, and um, it's really easy to figure out, you know, who's going by what and who's an analytic team and and who's not. And then, uh, you know, you can ask those questions on Friday whenever you meet and and then there's easily, uh, I mean, it's it's not, once you get past the 50 and it's fourth and three, um, it makes a lot of sense when you're going to go for it. So, I mean, you definitely can uh, call the game that away, and so I think it makes makes a lot of sense. So I thought the thing that was interesting there for me was the fact that he went back and watched the game, and watched the, the the commentators, and then felt like that they had done a good job of kind of communicating or talking about what it was like to go for all those times on fourth down. Okay, <clears throat> yeah, uh, that's interesting uh, to hear. I wonder, you know, I wasn't watching on, I mean, I wasn't watching and listening on television, so I, it would be interesting to know what their take was on, on certain situations. And how many of the eight did, did you disagree with? Did you think, oh, we should, we should do something different here? Oh, goodness. Uh, I think the one that I questioned the most is probably the one that you were the most confident in was the one at the 50, you know, when, with the game on the line. I don't know that that was the most confident, but I was definitely, I don't. And when I 
I don't say confident like we're going to get this. No, no. I, no. I am like feeling it was the right decision. Right. That's what I meant by that. You know. Um, I'll just throw there's three of them that I, I was okay. not in favor of. Okay. Okay. The two at the goal line or okay, near yeah. the goal line, the mm-hmm. two inside the five, the mm-hmm. three or the four, wherever you mm-hmm. were. I was not in favor of those. One worked for you, one did not. Mm-hmm. And the one where you went for it to start the the third quarter, you know, your own 40-ish yard line or whatever. And, yeah. And you, and you didn't come up with it there. Okay? Yeah, so I would agree with you on the, uh, the certainly the one fourth and goal uh, at the one. I was for... Yeah, you weren't at the one. Or what there... You were at the three or three. four. Okay, so yeah. whatever. Um, I fourth, was for, fourth and one, I would have changed my opinion. Uh, I was I was for kicking a field goal there on the fourth and three, getting the points. Both times I was for kicking a field goal. Okay. And then the one the one that you talked about um, at the 40, your own 40, is that right? It was somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't know, 35, right, 40, right, 42, right I don't in know. There. Yeah, and I, I would agree with you on that one. Um, that but I was, the I was thing that you that. loved about Saturday was that both times where you didn't get it, your defense immediately made mm-hmm. a play. Mm-hmm. And so clearly Coach McGuire has a lot of confidence in his defense to, to get that done. Now, let's be honest with ourselves. If your defense doesn't make a play in both of those drives, and immediately once you force a, a turnover on downs, the one where you gave it up at around your own 40, and then the, the other one you immediately force a three and out. If you don't do that and either of those lead to scores and you lose the game because of it, it's a completely different opinion for this city and this fan base about going forward on fourth down. Absolutely. It's a completely different opinion. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Yeah. But I, I, I 100% believe you don't win the game without being aggressive like he was. I just think there has to be a, a happy medium. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm confident that they'll find that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but we'll, we have to see. I mean, we'll just have to see. I, I, I think I am. And obviously, you, you can't make these kind of decisions without being confident in your defense. And it sure is fun to see a, a coach that is, that has a defense that's worthy of him being confident in it. And then the defense, you know, paying it off for him as well, like you just said. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. But I bet you many of his coaches probably haven't. They're like, who is this? What is this Mayberry that you speak of, right? This is the Morning Drive Podcast. Sign me up. Get your popcorn ready. <laughs> From Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. 7.31 this morning and some change. I just realized my problem today. An hour and a half in. I know why I'm struggling. Why is that? I don't have my pen. I can't talk without my pen. Okay. So right. I'll, I'll get it here in a second. And, and I think you had it right the first time. Isn't it week four of the NFL season? Aren't your Chiefs two and one? Yeah, you're right. It's yeah, because it's week five with college and week four of the NFL. Yeah, yeah you're you right. It, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, your question, sir. All right, I got to thinking after Judge hits the historic home run last night about mm-hmm. how cool it would be to be at his historic sporting events, right? Any okay. of them, whether mm-hmm. you know, whether it be a baseball, football, basketball, whatever, hockey, I don't, whatever is your you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Your answer can't be when your favorite team won, okay? Okay. All right, because we would all pick. I'd like to have been, you'd have wanted to have been at the Super Bowl that the Chiefs won or sure. whatever, right? right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So p- pick a sporting event that didn't involve your favorite team. Mm-hmm. What historic sporting event would you have loved to have been at? 
Oh, wow. That's a great question. So the, the question is, do I want it as an adult or do I want it as, as, as my youth? Um, no, the question is, what is it? You are going right now. You would be you sitting there in the stands with what you know about it right well, now. And which one would you have loved to have been yeah, at? Yeah, which one would you have loved to have been at? So it could be one like, you know, when you're an adult or when you're, when you're a kid. There's, the longer that you are in this world, the longer that you see historic events. You follow me? Yes. I don't know that it matters. Like the one in my mind, it, I wasn't even alive for. Okay, what are you thinking? Perfect game in the World Series. Don Larson. Yeah. Okay, so the, the you're getting a per, you're getting a World Series game. You're getting a perfect game, mm -hmm. and one of the best pitch games in playoff history, all all in one nice little bow. And I'm not I'm not a Yankees fan. I don't hate the Yankees like other people do, but that would have been an amazing thing to be at the entire game. So a couple things uh, come into my mind. I would have probably loved to have been in Atlanta when Henry Aaron hit 715. That'd been pretty cool. Sure. Pittsburgh when Franco gets the immaculate reception. Oh, see, that's a really good one. That that would have been cool because that's that that's an unplanned one right there because you don't know. Mm -hmm. That's a historic event. Um, I think the unplanned ones are part of what makes it really really cool. Yeah. Maybe uh, gives it a leg up. Yeah. Um, not a not a sporting event, but I would have loved to have seen Muhammad Ali light the torch in Atlanta. Okay. Kind of having Atlanta kind of slant today. Um, Ali beating Frazier would have been cool. <clears throat> yeah, back in the day. Now, mm -hmm. granted, that was built up to be a huge event, but the throwing the punch that was never thrown like that at that match. Probably would have been cool to see um, uh, the 83 on national basketball championship over in uh, Albuquerque at the pit with NC State uh, beating Houston because that was, you know, basically I think everybody went into that game thinking that Houston was just going to clobber NC State. Okay. But uh, Derek Wittenberg and Lorenzo Charles had something else to, to to say about that and Jim Valvano. USA, Russia, 1980. Yeah. Yeah. The Somebody on the chat line says Miracle on Ice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going college football for mine. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I would have loved to have been at the kick six. Oh, I mean, yeah. just mm -hmm. a, a huge hated rivalry. Mm -hmm. You know, that place was, I mean, it was at Auburn, but, you know, there was tons of Alabama fans. The, to hear the Auburn crowd and to be a part of, like, I mean, you would have just been sitting there going, what in the world just happened? Did that really just happen? To see the crowd go from... We're worried that Alabama's going to make this field goal and beat us on the last play. Sure. And how much we hate the thought of that to, oh my goodness, we just pulled off the mm -hmm. coolest thing in the history right. of college football. I just think to be there would yeah. have been crazy in that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I think that would have been just amazing. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, I think you're right about that. That's pretty cool. Anything else come to your mind, Jeff, off the top of it? A couple things here from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, I'd love to have been at the 19, 2019 Masters to see Tiger win. Okay. Uh, Michael from the ranch would love to have been 
to the uh, 93 Orange Bowl and see if uh, Florida State and Coach Bobby Bowden win their first national championship. Syntex Hank uh, says Super Bowl three when the Jets beat the Colts for the first AFL win in the Super Bowl. Um, it would have been cool to see Joe Carter hit the yeah. Yeah, touch them yep. all, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No question. Would have been that would have been that would have been the pretty only cool. walk off World Series, right? Bill Mazarowski did it in nineteen sixty. That was the first one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Only two though. Only yep. two. Mazeroski's was uh, game six, and I think Joe Carter's was game... Mazeroski was game seven. Yeah. Carter was Joe six. six. Yeah. It was game six. Um, but that would have been cool to see that. Uh, have you ever seen a no-hitter? I have not. Okay. The Jeff brought up the perfect game, obviously. The only one in the World Series. Um, somebody says Babe Ruth calling a shot. Uh, somebody says uh, Bird versus Magic in the NCAA finals. That was oh good man, one. that would have been awesome. Seventy nine, <laughs> especially knowing what they and, both and, turned into. Yeah, and God, then, that was very cool. And then how that that kind of changed two things. That that game and that season, those guys changed really two two perspectives because it brought huge limelight onto the NCAA tournament, right? Mm-hmm. With Indiana State getting to the national championship game, and obviously the talent of of Bird and then Magic. And then when they went to the NBA, they they basically helped save the NBA. Sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, couple couple things there for them uh, that was pretty that was pretty cool. Uh, somebody says uh, somebody had said I think yeah Lady Raiders. So I thought I thought, I thought that was on here somewhere. Uh, what I've yeah. enjoyed seeing Mike Tyson uh, being knocked out by Buster Douglas that from Flyover Guy. <laughs> Lady Raider National Championship game. Number of people here. Somebody says Crabtree 08. Okay, that weren't, that wasn't at the game. Yeah. Well, we said, I mean, for the Lady Raider and the Crabtree one, we said it couldn't be your favorite team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, both because said, we would all just pick our team's favorite. Sure. Greatest sure, game. Sure. 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 Now that's that's uh, that's a good question. Seven thirty-eight mm-hmm. this morning here on the morning drive. If you have a thought on that. Uh, Jamie, our stats from the World Series... Oh, that's just something different. Didn't plan it, but went to the Seahawks and Cowboys. Emmett Smith set the rushing record. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Um, okay. If you have a thought on that, hit us up on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Go to dot 973com for that or the mobile app. Benchmark hotline is open, too, at 806-771-0973. How about being at the Garden when Reggie had the eight mm. points or whatever and mm-hmm. 25 seconds and went from the Pacers losing that game to the Pacers silencing the Knicks mm-hmm. and their fans. And I was not a huge Reggie Miller fan, but that would have been fun to watch. That would have been person. fun to watch. Again, like mine, it's uh, it's partially about like just feeling the atmosphere of the crowd and how incredibly insane it would have gone either positive or negative that to me factors into what would have made it really cool uh i was at the 86 national championship game louisville and duke when never nervous purpose Purvis, ellison uh and louisville won the national championship over a mike shashevsky and duke team that was his first final four team jay billis was on that team uh somebody says bob knight kicking the chair <laughs> throwing the chair actually yeah, Tom Brady being down twenty-eight to three in the Super Bowl. Yeah, 
That'd have been pretty cool. That was a historic comeback, no question. All right, boom, boom, boom is next here this morning. Continue to hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll pass along your thoughts as well. The historic game that you didn't go to that you would have liked to have gone to that didn't involve your team, okay? Big plays and even bigger laps. If they get seven out of those two things, game over. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not winning. You're not winning that game at at all. This is the Morning Drive podcast. Uh, basketball players who don't wear the same they, shoes, the shoes that right. match the uniform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Match the color scheme of the, the team they play for. <laughs> From Double T ninety seven three, the uh, Red Raider football team will be in Manhattan, Kansas. They'll leave for the Little Apple tomorrow and play there with a kickoff at uh, 11 a.m. Our Optimum Game Day Live coverage begins at 7 a.m. It's presented by United Supermarkets Saturday morning, starting things off with the Saturday morning quarterback. The host of that program, Garrett Luft. Uh, We did get a update uh, from him yesterday with regard to his uh, traffic situation uh, with the city of Lubbock. he uh, reported to us that they didn't throw it out, but did reduce it to unsafe speed. But they are still going to court, and it will be a jury trial. So he's doubling down. I'd love to be on that jury. I would have to disclose that I work with him. So speeding ticket is one thing. That's what he got, right? Yeah. But unsafe speed yeah, I don't know is what not that, as bad? Apparently, I... I, I, I I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I mean, they. What were... is the difference? Okay, so to this is not what it was, but let's say there's ice, bad conditions, and you're doing forty on the loop. Okay, that can be unsafe, but you weren't speeding. But you weren't speeding. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, was it raining? No, I, it was. It's what? just a different charge. No, no, no. Okay, that, I get that's where it came. I get different. that, but how does that how does that come into play? With I don't know how situation? this came into play. I don't know how this one came into a play, but that's how it. That's how you can get unsafe speed without speeding, in one way. Okay. But he's still going to a court, and it's going to be a jury trial. <laughs> it seems like now it's become, it's become a quest. It's become like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna exhaust all my, you know opportunities here everything that i can do to try to make this go away sounds sounds to me like to me this is the equivalent of your lawnmower problem you know just write your check and make it go away go get yourself a new lawnmower make it go away Hmm. that that to me that this could be resolved with writing checks pretty easily Maybe buying a new lawnmower, Chuck. I know I'm spending you know other how people's many money. Tennis tournaments that would pay for <laughs> basketball camps. <laughs> there are things that are more important, right. Chuck. Just, I mean, do I really need to mow the lawn? <laughs> I don't know. I guess so. I guess you. Can... I love living in the wilderness. Maybe it would feel a little bit more right. like right. being in the woods. <laughs> right. You think I can convince Miss Flint of this? Mrs. Lent of this? Yeah, I think so, because all you'd have to do is say, drive her over to some neighborhood where they don't mow their yards and say, this this is what our house is going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. If we don't get a new lawnmower. You know? No, no, no. I was trying to convince her that we didn't need to mow the lawn. Oh, that we, yeah. Oh, you know, then I wouldn't drive her anywhere then. <laughs> maybe take her to, maybe get to, just bring in a bunch of rock and zero scape it. Yeah, I'm just not that guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not that guy either. I, yeah. I don't. I have. I have no grass in my backyard, but I, 
I've got, you know, patches of grass in my front yard. It does take a little bit longer to mow my yard than... Patches than of grass. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a thing here and there's a thing here and there's a thing here. Yeah, you've got to wait till it rains. And if you didn't have a, uh, some lawn in the front yard, how would you show off that physique? Of your right. Chuck? No, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to tear up the uh, circle drive and put in more grass so that we can... Um, so I can spend more time in the front yard showing off that physique. You should do that. Where are you yeah. going to put the cars then? Since that's you have good. other uh, you a, have, uh, other things in the garage. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, somebody wants to know what kind of lawnmower you're buying. He said, "What kind of lawnmower are we buying?" <laughs> Everything at my house, all my tools are Craftsman. Yeah. So it'll be a Craftsman lawnmower. Wow. Okay. Jamie, get it's a red goat. and black, man. It's all got to match. Okay, I got a, I got a Toyota. It's, a, it's red. It's the all red. Uh, Clay wants to know who is taking a ticket to a jury trial. I missed out. Uh, Garrett Luft. Yeah, he's doing that. I, and I think he's he makes no bones about it, man. He is, he's full throttle up. He is full throttle up <laughs> on this, right? <laughs> All right, Texas Tech takes on number 25, Kansas State. Red Raiders looking to break a six-game losing streak. What is your percentage of confidence in this? Is it in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 30s, 20s? Same as it was yesterday. Okay. I'm about 45. 45, okay. All right. Jeff, you in the 45 range or are you above 50? I bet Jeff's lower than me. Yeah, um, he's always fearful of Kansas State. I really it zero oh six man. That's last six years. Two head coaches ago was your last win against these guys. I and it's always the team that you look at that you should beat. Like every Red Raider fan looks at this game. Oh, we should beat Kansas State. Yeah. And then zero oh six. You don't. Um, I I twenty five thirty. Wow, it's way Yeah, I, it's it's because it's the purple. That's it scares me. I don't know why. I don't have a rational reason other than 0-6. Choice Woodman and Jeff Haxton had this conversation yesterday on uh, the end of the bench. No, they didn't. It was me and Haxton. Okay. <laughs> Jeff McGuire and Jeff Haxton had this conversation. But I think Choice had it as well, I think, with, with um, Mike Gustafson yesterday. That may have happened, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the bottom line is... Not always accurate. Not, not always fair. fair. <laughs> Just try to be entertained. Right. But anyway, the pro the point that they had was, and I have to be out of this conversation, is why don't we as a fan base have more hate for K-State given how much they have beaten us? 10 of 11, last six straight. Wildcats lead the all-time series 13 to 9. But again, you've lost 10 of your last 11 in your last six straight. Why isn't there more hate for this team, this school, this program. Because they beat us nicely? I mean... <clears throat> I, I think it has to do with their fan base doesn't annoy us. Okay. That's, it's fair. It's a fair question. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, Did you come up with any reasons, Jeff? They have generally won the right way. They, they don't rub your face in it as a fan base like other fan bases do. At times, so does Texas Tech, for that matter, rubbing a win mm -hmm. in somebody's face. They, uh, they emulated their former head coach, and that feeling for that team continues forward. Mm -hmm. They don't beat themselves. They just go out there and win football games. Mm. The, they're not 
It's all very it's, fair. It, it, they're the, they are the San Antonio Spurs of the Big 12 when it comes to just going out there and doing what they do better than everybody else does. You, you have to respect what they do. Yeah. You, and there's nothing there. They're not shoving in your face. They're not, you don't, you don't see them doing taunting in any way, shape, or form. They're about as far away from that as possible. But it's just, of all the other teams in the Big 12, I'd rather Kansas State win it than if it can't be Tech. Mm-hmm. They do have that. Remember, they do have that annoying sound after every so, first down, the power cat. And it's not, that's not even doing justice to it. I, for a long time when I lived in East Texas, I found myself rooting for the Longhorns because I couldn't stand the Aggie fans so much. So it was like I wanted to see the Aggie fans disappointed when the Longhorns won. Okay. So maybe as a fan base, we just don't hate Kansas State because they're the enemy of Kansas. Yeah. I think that factors in with me. <laughs> uh, this, <laughs> this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line, it really, in all caps, bothers Chuck and Clint that Texas Tech doesn't hate KSU. Yeah. The way they do. And KSU is not approved to say KSU, just so you know. You're not supposed to say KSU, according to their media people. Okay, great. Thanks. I think it's KSU that they're not real happy with. Anyway. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to DoubleT973.com.